2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Top of the third hour on a Thursday. That means we go directly to the DraftKings trading room floor. U.S. team lead Brennan White joins us at Brennan White 14 We were joking during the break. He's just flexing now with the notes. You should see the notes. It's my show prep for tomorrow from Brennan, so thank you very much. And as we say hi to Brennan, a huge weekend ahead for DraftKings there. It's going to be busy for you. But as we discussed during the break, you're a Carolina Panther fan. Ben Johnson is interviewing for the Commanders and Panther job tomorrow. All things considered equal, Brennan. I'm sorry, but Ben Johnson would choose the Commanders. Who do you want? the Carolina Panthers to choose for their next head coach?
4: Well, this is a situation where beggars can't be choosers. So uh, I'll take anyone at this point. Um, <laughs> ben Johnson would be a great a great guy to pull in. It's just at this point, I think our problem is personnel and not coaching. Um, and the GM needs to you know, find a way to, to get an actual franchise quarterback in the building and build around him. It looks like the next few years are going to be pretty rough.
5: Just a quick follow-up, Patrick, for you and Brennan, both of you. Where do you guys stand on Bryce Young after year one? The guy, not sure, or maybe look to move on if the right opportunity presented itself. Brennan, that's your quarterback. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I'm generally of the opinion that you should just take a lot of shots to find the guy. And I think he had a full season, obviously didn't have that many weapons at his disposal, but he looked awful. Um, I think there are some fundamental problems there with Bryce Young. I think the size concerns coming out of the draft are real concerns. He doesn't seem comfortable throwing the NFL size windows. He hangs on to the ball too long. Some of that might be able to be coached out of him, but because the team doesn't look like they're going to be competitive for the next few years, you're not going to be able to build around him on his rookie deal. So my preference would be to look elsewhere.
3: Yeah, sounds wacky to say, but draft a quarterback, just accrue assets, and you have Bryce Young, you have, I don't know, a Drake May or whomever, and see what you got. Like, it, Just add assets. I, I, think, I think there's still a lot to be answered by Bryce Young. I agree. Okay, it, into your notes. It, what's interesting about Saturday is over at DraftKings, the Texans and Packers are very popular underdogs amongst the public. Are you saying very popular underdogs with the number or also money line?
4: Both and I'm shocked. Um I we opened the both of these at nine and a half with the assumption that the money lines would be popular. Generally public betters love big underdog prices on money lines. I did not expect both teams to be popular on the spread as well. Um it could be that they both just played maybe the best games of their respective seasons. It could be the narrative that teams getting that first round by have some rust because their starters haven't played in a while. Both those teams rested their starters week 18 as well. It could just be that those are, you know, teams where they get the biggest odds on their money lines. Um, I don't have a great explanation for why they're so popular, but there, it's getting to the point where even though we have both these games projected over 10 on the spread, we probably will just stay at nine and a half until these games kick. Um it also kind of offers us the added benefit of teaser protection at nine and a half. Whereas, you know, if we did take sharp action and go shorter, we would start seeing the public come in on six, six and a half point teasers. So, yeah, I think this is just a situation where we're going to close where we open, and both these games are going to stay at nine and a half.
5: Brennan, if you go back about four weeks, middle of December, when the Buccaneers beat uh, the Packers, thirty-four to twenty. What would you theoretically, I know I'm asking you a lot to go back a month in your head and think about what the line would be, because to your point, it seems like they're getting a ton of credit for that performance in Dallas and not taking anything away from it, but that's one game.
4: Yeah, I think if you go back to that point in the season, we're looking well over 10, probably somewhere around 13 in this game. Um, The Niners then as well looked unstoppable. Uh, I believe they just demolished Philly. So I think, you know, at this point in the season, you have to make a determination about whether these teams are going to, you know, perform up to the recent performance that they've had, or if they're going to regress a little bit back to their mean performance for the season. I certainly think that the Niners dominated the Packers in pretty much every category. I'm really concerned about Jair Alexander's injury. I think – given the sharp action that we've seen on Niners passing props, that this game could turn into a blowout pretty quickly.
3: Brennan White, U.S. team lead, trading room floor there with DraftKings. Okay, I'm fascinated by how you've handled Tampa Bay and Detroit, so let's discuss this. I think the true number is seven. I think most shops close seven. You open seven. You stood at seven for most of it. I think you may have dipped back and forth six and a half, but it feels like every time you dip the six and a half at the Lions lane, it it gets hit right back up to seven.
4: Yeah, this is a really interesting spot. So the public's all over the Lions. Uh, they'll take them at six and a half or seven. And at seven, we take a lot of sharp money on the Bucks. So we're kind of going back and forth, uh, you know, as the situation changes. I have some concerns about Baker Mayfield's injuries, um, but we don't have any sort of strong uh, injury news on that front. I think that the true number is probably seven, um, but it's really just a question of how much money we're sort of going to tolerate at six and a half, knowing that uh, you know the Sharps are going to be, be on the bucks at seven.
5: Brennan, great game on Sunday night between the Bills and the Chiefs. Chiefs have been a huge public team for a number of years. Were you surprised by this line move? And also, uh, you guys opened at 2.5, is that correct?
4: Yeah, that's correct. We opened 2.5. This game will probably get to 3. I am in shock about how much liability we have on the Bills, not just in this game, but in all futures pools. They've taken on all the public money that we were seeing on the Browns, I know they've performed really well recently, but their defense is extremely banged up. They're at risk of losing multiple starters for this game. I can't really explain why every single person in the world loves the Bills, because for the past four years, it's been that way exactly the opposite with the Chiefs, where every Chiefs game we had to price in at least half a point of value just because of the liability we were going to accrue. So I think you'll see this game close three. I think we will desperately need the Chiefs come Sunday.
3: Let me do this. We've got Houston-Baltimore, 43.5 on the total. Green Bay-San Francisco, 50.5 on the total. The one indoors game, Tampa Bay-Detroit, 47. And Kansas City-Buffalo, 45.5. Just go through all four and just give us a quick thought on all four totals.
4: Sure. So Baltimore is the total that's moved the most. It's come down, I believe, three points since the Open. That is somewhat due to weather and I've sort of seen this narrative emerging about Stroud's weak performance in outdoor games going back to college. I think there might be some merit to that. Um, right now, we've got a little bit of liability on the under. I would kind of lead towards the under, especially if you think that there's anything to the fact that Buffalo or Baltimore might come out slowly given uh, their time off. Packers and Niners, um, this total has not moved. At 50-and-a-half currently, we've got some liability on the over. I think the over is probably going to get hit even more as we get closer to game time. Uh, again, especially if, if Alexander has any significant injury concerns or is ruled out, I can sort of see the Niners um, passing all over the Packers secondary and then even having success on the ground once they build a lead. And we saw the game last week in Dallas have 80 points scored, so that's obviously going to be in people's heads with the Packers. Lions-Bucks, that's an interesting one, obviously. It's the only indoor game. I think we're currently sitting at 49.5, and and I believe that's uh, where we opened or maybe half a point off from where we opened. This game has the most liability. It's all on the over, obviously being an indoor game, Detroit being a high-powered offense with a subpar defense. Uh, That Lions-Rams game last week looked like it was heading to the over at halftime and then things slowed down in the second half. Um, As long as Baker is healthy and can throw the ball as much as they did last week, sort of targeting Philly's poor uh, secondary, I think that this game probably ends up over as well. And then Bills Chiefs, this will be a really interesting one. Obviously, people have memories of Bills Chiefs playoff matchups in the past where neither team could get a stop. I think both defenses are improved this season. Obviously, injury questions in the Bills defensive front. Some weather concerns, but it looks like it's just going to be cold and not windy. So I think, you know, if Kansas City can find anyone to catch the ball, um, that the over could come through and will be popular, but we'll be rooting for the under with with these two sort of high-profile offenses.
5: Brennan, you guys said you had a spectacular week from a betting standpoint last week. Tell us a little bit about how the game and the total and the Steelers played out for you. And then when you have a change from a game on Sunday to Monday, any rules or stipulations that you guys have in place, uh, depending on how much of a change in number of days are there, that the bets could potentially be voided or it's still action?
4: Yeah, it was a really interesting situation. Um, Obviously, when we got news that the game was going to be moved, started looking at weather forecasts, I believe the total went up uh, like three points immediately, went up even more by the time the game kicked off. Uh, we still ended up needing the over. Our rules stipulate that NFL weeks run Thursday to Thursday, and as long as the game is rescheduled in that window, bet's stand. Um, so we did have quite a bit of money on the under given the weather situation although that caused a not-so-great customer experience situation. So we did offer kind of courtesy voids to people who wanted to get out of their bet uh, and had placed it before the news came out the game was going to be moved. So tried to be as customer-friendly on that front as we could. It ended up helping us a lot having two games on Monday. We saw a lot more handle than we expected. Obviously for that game in particular, people had many, many more hours to make bets. Um, especially with how poorly I'd say the weekend Saturday and Sunday went for most public bettors. We saw a lot of people coming back in on Monday, trying trying to recoup some of those losses. So we had our best performance of the season uh, uh, for an NFL week. Looking forward to replicating that again this weekend.
3: Brennan, great job. DraftKings U.S. trading lead, Brennan White. Brennan White, 14 on Twitter. We'll talk to you next week, Brennan. Thank you
4: sounds good talk next week thank you guys okay thank
3: you, thank you. appreciate it all right there goes brendan white DraftKings. go check it out they've got a ton of props like more than you can i mean you do a lot of research matchup props everything over there for the postseason. go check it out when we come back joe banner eagles senior vp back in the day brown ceo falcons consultant he joins us next
0: What does it take
6: to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakeables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JPMorgan Chase Bank NA member FDIC Copyright 2024 JPMorgan Chase and Company.
7: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is
2: Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Okay, if you haven't already checked out our new website, vSyn.com, make sure you do. We've got a fresh new look, enhanced navigation, and mobile-first focus. So that's kind of the key here, is having your experience sophisticated and more optimized mobily. Time is money and sports betting, and the site's pages have been built to load quickly. But we've also expanded our educational content and strategies sections for both new and experienced bettors. You can check it out right now, vison.com today. If you have any questions about the sun setting of the Vison app, please go to vison.com slash FAQ. So again, all your questions answered at vison.com slash FAQ. We got you back here on Sharp Money, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to be joined just in a few minutes here by Joe Banner, longtime NFL exec, 33rd team.com. So he will join. In just a bit here, we were just having a conversation during the break before we bring Joe in uh, in regards to Cliff Kingsbury interviewing for the Chicago offensive coordinator job there with the Bears. And obviously, immediately, everybody ties that to Kingsbury year this past year in USC uh, with Caleb Williams. Dustin brought up a good point of all. You know, that's the one year that he kind of thinks he struggled last year, which is almost the Kingsbury connection would make you worry Obviously, the Bears would ask if they were going to draft Caleb Williams. Is there a relationship there with Cliff Kingsbury?
5: No question about it. And look, you think if he can be a guy that can help you and make Cliff, excuse me, uh, Caleb Williams more comfortable, that's something you would definitely consider. But you know, we were talking during the break when you look at Cliff Kingsbury's record, whether it be in Arizona or with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Boy, Patrick, it's it's hard to see that this guy keeps getting bit, bring, being brought back to the forefront. Yeah, he must have. Good people skills.
3: <laughs> That's true. I would say that about old Kingsbury because he continues to hoodwink organizations into jobs. Thinking about flipping that Texas Tech job into Arizona—that uh, is wild. Now John Kime no longer has a job with the Cardinals uh, because he was a fired. He was fired along with Kingsbury. But just the idea that you go out and hire Kingsbury is freaking wild uh outside of that vrabel today interviewed with the chargers we've been having a long discussion about vrabel and the chargers amal and not just the chargers but vrabel he's going to interview
5: with seattle as well yeah doesn't really surprise me at all right now just because a guy dustin swedelson said is the man
3: yeah, no, Dustin's a big fan of Rabel. Okay, Joe Banner, of course, longtime NFL exec, Eagles senior VP, Brown CEO, Falcons consultant, the 33 team.com. Y'all check that out. He's a co-founder and analyst. They do a great job. As a matter of fact, as we say hi to Joe, uh, they talked about it in a video over at the 33rd team, how the Bucks could upset the Eagles. So good job there. And I'll ask you, because you also discussed that 33rd team, Mayfield and the Bucks are a perfect fit. You had the Bucks beating the Eagles. Well, let me ask you, can the Bucks upset the Lions?
2: Well, speaking for myself as opposed to the site, and appreciate your checking it out, I, I'm a strong no. <laughs> I think <laughs> that they uh, you ran into the Eagles at the right moment. They're improving. They probably have done a heck of a job in light of the cap challenges they had, but I think the uh, season is about to end for them pretty decisively.
5: Joe, you hired some great people in Philadelphia, John Harbaugh among them. What has allowed him to be so successful and taking it a step further? How do you like the matchup for the Ravens, nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the Houston Texans on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a tough number in my mind. I do think the Ravens will win, and I think they'll do it somewhat convincingly. But, you know, that – Houston offense and Stroud are as good as everybody's saying they are. Chances of scoring some late touchdowns and making the game maybe look a little closer than it is is very real. So, you know, I think we get a solid Ravens win. I think that the, uh, the spread there is really tough. It's hard to make a case. You can easily make a case on both sides, frankly.
3: Joe, do you agree with the number being difficult up in San Francisco as well? It's the exact same number. It's nine and a half with Green Bay visiting the 49ers. I mean, it's still
2: hard, and I'd be worried about it, but I feel a little more comfortable there that the 49ers will have a pretty decisive victory. But when you get into those numbers around 9 and 10, the risk of a late touchdown that really is no true indication of how the game went, it just feels like a hang on the edge of your seat. and uh, It's a tough spot from from my perspective to bet on the the team that's the favorite going over it just because you get that that last two, three minutes you're going to be holding your breath.
5: Uh, Kansas City is on the road taking on the Buffalo Bills. They haven't played a home game, excuse me, a road game with Patrick Mahomes under center. Now they're taking on a Bills team that's been hot. They're laying two and a half at home here. Tell me how you assess Buffalo and Kansas City at this point in the season.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to see what we've seen in the last part of the season from those teams. and it means that Kansas City is really working hard to move the ball offensively. They'll have some success, but not what they need. I, I really think that... Buffalo is going to win this game. I picked before the season. I had said San Francisco and Buffalo would be the two teams in the Super Bowl. So I can't very well change my mind at this point. I I do think that the Chiefs have kind of been hanging on, not playing as well as they have in the previous years. I think that's going to continue.
3: Well, just like you drew it, Joe Banner joined us. Just like you drew it up with the Bills, right? They swoon. What were they six and six, and all of a sudden rolling? No. What What's been the change for the Bills? Is, is it just the OC change?
2: Well, I do think the OC change is real, and it helped. I mean, he was smart about it. It wasn't like we saw it happen in Philadelphia, where they put a completely different system in right in the middle of the season, which is almost impossible to do. You can tweak it. You can add pieces. Obviously, you can call the game a little differently. Um, but I do think that that was an upgrade, and I do think that helped. Um, I also think Sean, you know, really, you know, I worked with Sean McDermott for a number of years. I think he's a great coach as well as a really good person. I think he really kind of reengaged more aggressively, as he had early in the season. I think he underestimated with Leslie not there just how much of his time and effort was going to be required. And I think when he kind of refocused, they got a couple of guys back, I think you're seeing them play defense now the way they're capable of it. They're going to have to get a big game out of that defensive line, though.
5: Joe, you mentioned Sean McDermott. He's among a handful of guys that you hired that eventually became head coaches. What are some of the criteria, two or three, that you look for in a person that you think can make a good head coach aside from just the X's and O's?
2: Yes, I mean, the first obvious, everybody has the same thing, which is leadership. Uh, After that, it gets a little harder and you get a lot of difference of opinion. My own view is that the next most important thing is somebody who can identify and hire a really good staff and manage them really effectively. You know, my early years in the league, I hadn't come from a traditional uh, background. uh, And a lot of people ask me the question, like, what surprises you most from kind of going from fan to, you know, football executive? And I said, I always thought the coordinators were important, but I just drastically underestimated how important that they are. And, uh, you know, so finding coaches that can find other and grade, frankly, other coaches really well and then manage them correctly to me is is huge. And then I, I don't really care what their philosophy is, but I care that they have a strong, thoughtful commitment to their philosophy. I mean I was somebody that always, you know, liked to pass more on offense and have somebody on defense who was really aggressive, is why Andy Reid and Jim Johnson were so successful so many years. But you didn't have to agree with my philosophy, but I didn't want somebody that start to go well and all of a sudden they kind of got away from their beliefs or maybe some criticism from the public or some criticism from the fans or even worrying about their own security i wanted somebody that had really strong conviction i just think it's very hard to lead if you really don't have a strong conviction can tell the people you're hoping are going to follow you very very clearly you know why you're right why they should follow you and why they'll benefit from following you so those are kind of my top three things you know, with the coaches and, and uh, what I look for in those guys you're mentioning, which I appreciate.
3: Okay, Joe. Well, listen, it was quick, but it was worth it because we got your plays on all four games, the33rdteam.com. You can go check out the videos at Joe Banner 13 on Twitter. Appreciate it, Joe. Enjoy the football this weekend. My pleasure. Do the same. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. How you doing, big guy?
8: Had a little dyslexia. Do have to admit that uh, there was a delay getting Joe on. It was not Joe's fault. It was Dustin Sweetelson's who uh, got the first two numbers of his phone number confused in the wrong
3: order. <laughs> I do it, all, it, it, it. You can't take. You can't kip, kill yourself over that. I do it all the time. How many times have you dialed I, or texted the wrong person? It happens all the time. No, I know. But I was like, hmm, I just talked to him. Why is he not answering? I'm Like. What number do we
8: dial? Yep, confuse the first two numbers. Just like simple things in life. Just constantly screw them up.
5: Don't know how I get through the day. I was just impressed with that third person, Dustin Sweedleson. I just wanted to point out that there was an issue, and the issue was moi. Well,
3: do you ever, when you're trying to call me, you know, you get to the M's, Me. And then MC or close, do you ever call Reba McIntyre instead of Patrick Maher? No, so what I do
8: have, though, is I put my parents' names in my phone as their full names, not like mom or dad, that way if I was ever held hostage. Right, because
3: you're disrespectful. No, no, you, you, no. You, you,
8: you, if yeah. I was ever held hostage, no one would be able to get in touch with my parents. just have to give me up or kill me. Don't get my <laughs> parents involved. Uh, but my mom's name is <laughs> Pam. So stupid. My mom's name is Pam and your name is Patrick and you both are in my it recent is. calls. So when I go it to is. click name, sometimes I click the wrong P word and all of a sudden I'm like, oh nope, wrong wrong P person. Uh I met the other one. Well now I'm stuck on the phone for a little
1: bit.
3: And you're like, Mom, what's the open today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom, <laughs> what what's your lead story? Pam, what are we leading with? Coaches? <laughs> Alright, and then we get to the divisional run? Alright. And that's what we're gonna do when we come back. Get to those divisional numbers here on Sharp Money. We may be joined by Pam Sweetelson. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings, v the Sports Betting Network, impromptu prop, uh, pop quiz. So let's do this. Patrick Mahara, Shaw, Dustin Swiedelson. See, uh, Get a pen and, pen and paper. Oh, Amal doesn't have <laughs> Get your iPad. Dustin, if you have a pen and paper, I want you to do it, and everybody can play at home. All right? Here's what we're going to do. Eight quarterbacks left in the NBA, NFL postseason. I want you to rank them. And we're going to start from worst to first. Okay? So as we do this... Let's hear Kyle Shanahan's up first, right, big guy? Let's hear yeah. Kyle Shanahan talking about his court. Now, again, rank them 8-1, and then we're going to unveil our rankings, quarterback, tier list, divisional round. But first, Shanahan talking about his quarterback, Mr. Purdy. Well, let's begin with one. The
8: 49ers had a bye in the first round of the playoffs. They also mailed it in the final week of the regular season. So, Kyle Shanahan was asked when he met with the media earlier this week, if he's
9: worried about Purdy with that long break in play? I mean, it's not in my mind really much at all because he hasn't been on a bye week. Uh, We pushed the heck out of Brock. Meetings, practice. I mean, we knew Sam was playing that whole game and Brock was still splitting reps with him. So um, Brock got a good weekend. We just didn't want to put him out there in the first half of that game. So he did miss the first half versus the Rams, Um, but he got that whole weekend and he came back. He's been here. He's worked on his days off. We got two bigger practices last week than we do in a normal week so um and brock went out with the guys on monday did a bunch of stuff with them and now we're going to get two practices in again so in terms of time off yeah he he did have two quarters off um to what we could have done with them but um we definitely think that was worth it and i don't worry about that affecting brock at all for saturday
3: okay we'll give you a minute or so to keep ranking the quarterbacks left The eight in the NFL postseason. We've got, what's Kyle Shanahan talking about here, big guy?
8: Well, he knows how to develop a quarterback, as he's done with Brock Purdy. He looks across the sideline. He sees one of his pupils, Matt LaFleur, uh, bringing on a young quarterback in Jordan Love who's playing some great football. And he had this to say about Love's growth as a signal caller.
9: He's come a long way because he's playing at such a high level um, to get thrown in there early in this year and have to go through some ups and downs, which he did some good things earlier in this year too. But um, to not win all those games, kind of when you're with a tough record in your first year, the pressure that comes with that. And just to watch him each game, he's been consistent. For him to take care of the ball the way he's done has been unbelievable. I mean, the 21 touchdowns and one picks think over the last 10 games is unbelievable. Um, he's extremely consistent in what they're asking him to do. Um, Matt is very good at coaching the quarterback, and uh, you can see that their quarterback is buying in, and you know plays very well in their system, and makes a lot of plays, has a big arm, and um, is a big dude too.
3: I heard those two don't like each other. Anybody else hear that? Shanahan and Lafleur, even though they were on that coaching staff in Washington.
8: Ooh, I did not hear that. Uh, yeah, I like that angle though. That's fun. Give it to me. I want yeah. more of it. Lean into it.
3: People were freezing. <laughs> People have been freeze framing when they met. At Midfield to shake, and apparently it's frosty.
8: Well, you know, it looks like there is a lot of personality between them. I don't even think you have a whole personality. Floor's got, got a little ball. personality.
3: Shanahan, mm, they're both kind of duds. I would, got, <laughs> He's wouldn't. Floor's got a out. little something. Shanahan is just c- crabby pants. <laughs> you All don't right. like unhappy people. You just can't handle that. I mean, it's just, you know, life's short. <laughs> what are we going to. Well, no, I don't like unhappy people that were like. Unhappy people, if you have a situation, well, yeah, if it was a- I have so much. I have empathy, sympathy, whatever you want. If you were born and your dad was Mike Shanahan, <laughs> you had every reason to be haps. Yeah, I guess right? that's
8: fair. If he, if, if he was unhappy because the climb to the top was just so hard, <laughs> I understand being
3: a little unhappy, but that's fair. Hey, I'm not saying he hasn't justified his position that's not what I'm this is not a nepo thing but it started nepo and he's justified it <laughs> i guess well i mean everybody says he's the greatest thing um if he doesn't win it this year i don't know fire him like his team is so far and away the best team of football this year he's not going to get fired because obviously everybody loves him but anyway let's go eight okay boys we'll just go in order uh, we're ranking you want to i knew you guys i'll Finish the thought because I know you got you two are semantics, all right? You get into semantics. You got a playoff game to win tomorrow. We're ranking the eight left. Who do you want?
5: It's no question system, on number one.
3: System doesn't matter. Weapons don't matter. You just need to pick a quarterback to plug in.
5: Number one pick on the board, Patrick Mahomes.
3: No, no, no. We're going 8-1. to one. Oh,
5: I'm sorry. I thought you were sorry. No, that's I okay. Th- that's okay. I think you're
3: probably – It's. it's yeah. to be fair, I think you're probably – we're all in unison. <laughs> no, I'm one. not. Um, I don't have Mahomes one. Okay. Let's see what happens here. Uh, this won't be – I know you guys aren't going to be surprised if, with who I have. Eight? But it's not going to be – obviously, I don't think you guys will agree with me. All things considered equal, offense coordinator, weapons, like it's just tomorrow we're playing a football game and I need to pick a quarterback. My number eight is Jared Goff. It's pretty easy for me. Uh, I would
8: go
5: Baker Mayfield, but Jared Goff would be my seven. Uh, Well, since Dustin answered seven, I'll go with uh, Baker Mayfield eight and Jared Goff seven as well.
3: Well, it's not – I mean, I obviously had Baker number seven. So, it's – I think – I have no you problem. You can make that ba- case either. I'm good with it. Yeah, I have no way. problem with Baker being above or below Goff. Because I, let's Goff be, it, has been awesome.
8: If Baker Mayfield was in a Ben Johnson system, I'm very curious what those numbers that,
3: would look like. This is all equal. This is why it's a little trickier. Fellas, number six. Amal, will let you go first here. I'm
5: going Brock Purdy, San Francisco
8: 49ers. I, I went Purdy as well. I begrudgingly have Brock Purdy at number six. I did not want to, but I have to.
3: Did you watch him play, uh,
8: what was that, Christmas? Against the Ravens? Yes. I only threw four picks. Yeah. No, I know. I know. But there it are people above. The, it, 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 it was worse than the four yeah. picks,
3: to be fair. But because he he's was,
8: played more, he's had more opportunities to fail, more film on him. But I do agree, he is six.
3: The, this is where it gets fascinating. Number five, and Dustin, you're going to go first. And before you go on and on, just I just need a name, and then we can all explain ourselves. Number five, Jordan Love. Okay.
5: I I went number five, C.J. Stroud.
3: I went number five,
5: C.J. Stroud.
3: I have some biases. Hold on. I'm guessing we all went four kind of flipped. Yes. I went, I'll go first. I went four, Jordan Love. I went Jordan Love as well. I went C.J. Stroud.
8: Do you ever want to get married? (laughs) Um, I'd say my
3: words say yes, my actions say no, but go ahead. But when you do get married, I can assure you, you're going to get divorced because of that right there. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying to you? you, sh- you're gonna, you sh- someone's going to fall. You've got a great personality, handsome guy. She's going to fall in love with you, and then you're going to get into your first fight. You're going to stand on that pride for 20 years, and she's just going to walk away. And your pride that you're standing on with Jordan Love, that game he played against the Cowboys, is about as special as a quarterback can slang it, and he's been the best quarterback for the last seven weeks, and you're still taking Stroud.
8: C.J. Stroud just carried a bunch of bums at receiver and Devin Singletary a journeyman at running back into the playoffs with a big win. What are we talking about? C.J. Stroud's playing incredible football.
3: He is, for sure. For sure. It's just that we agree that we would take uh, Jordan Love. Uh, number three,
5: I, Amal, you're up first. I went Lamar Jackson only because of the lack of playoff performances. One win in the postseason. Number three, Dustin Sweetelson.
8: I love him, but my fear is him playing from behind and throwing, and that is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I went Lamar Jackson too.
3: Was that our first unison? Yeah. No, Purdy.
5: Purdy, Purdy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, Okay, we all went Lamar Jackson as the third. Hey, nothing, no coaches, no players, everything's equal. Tomorrow there's a playoff game. We've got eight quarterbacks left. Who are you starting? And then number two, Dustin Sweetelson. you're up first.
8: I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes, and that's just because I think there's a guy ahead of him who I think is red hot, and I want him <laughs> under know, center.
3: We know by deduction who you have ahead of him, but I like you selling it. <laughs> I I struggled. But I went with Josh Allen, too. Josh no.
8: Allen
5: also or Josh Allen number two? No, number two. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Josh Allen, number two, obviously, because I said Mahomes number one. Yeah, I went Mahomes
3: one, two. I, look, m- my biggest debate was Mahomes or Allen. So, big really? guy, you got Allen one.
8: Uh, I got Allen one. I can't get that run
3: out of my head. I just that think- runs one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I, I think the he run- looked like he was going to stop, and then he accelerated faster than Michael Vick in his prime. I think he's
8: playing at the. The highest level he has played with since they made that change. He is so much more dangerous. And because, it, because of the strength of his arm, you are never out of it. If you trail 10, 13 points, you just never know. He could throw a 60, 70-yard bomb down the field. He's just so difficult to game plan for. And I don't think his
5: weapons are all that great. Uh, well, hold on. If you're talking about weapons, he has, you can argue Kelsey fine, but on the perimeter, he's got the best receiver between Mahomes and him. Dix hasn't and done the weapons anything. are equal here. The weapons are equal. No, no, Remember. I know, I get that. But his point in the bigger picture with Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Based on your assertion, I thought you might have taken Kyle Allen number one.
8: I, I love I think Josh Allen's playing awesome football right now. The, I want the run. The,
5: the, your argument was the best argument you
3: made was just that freakish run that he can just flip a game like that. Yeah, that and so the, if everything's considered equal, yeah. that is, that's almost why I picked Allen as well. That was fun, boys. We'll come back with the picks.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year.
6: Smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chasecom business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile App is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JPMorgan Chase Bank, NA, member FDIC. Copyright 2024 JPMorgan Chase and Company.
7: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on Vsin, the sports betting network.
3: Bet $5, get $200 instantly at DraftKings for new customers when you use the promo code VEGAS. Okay, 5 bucks, $200. How about tonight on an NBA game? We've got our props coming up and plays coming up on the association. Vegas is the code, new customers. And remember, every customer, every day, no sweat. Same game parlay at DraftKings. The crown is yours. Dustin Sweeterson, I'm All Shaw. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Hope you're doing well. We're getting close. Just... Have some patience. We're going to get there. It's Thursday. Tomorrow, we'll have our buddy Samich on. What else are we doing tomorrow on the show? We're going to run the divisional board, of course. And then Saturday, what a freaking weekend. Two games, and then two games Sunday. You just kind of build your day around it. The big guy, he'll have the food delivered. He'll be in and out. Oh, no, no. I'm going to be in
8: public. I'm going to be in public. What do you mean? I've got a friend who's got a table at or a spot at, I think he said Cosmo for the game Saturday. What? Yeah. You're going bougie. Well, I'm not. I don't pay for anything. I'm a mooch, man. If someone has it, here's what you get with me. I'm not going to help split the bill. I'm not going to buy you a drink. I'm not going to buy dinner. What I bring to the table is a good time. So you invite me. I'm not helping pay for things, but I'm going to make sure we have a fun
3: time. You know, you are entertaining. Your friends do call you Mariucci <laughs> because you got those short arms and long pockets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> got you. Uh, I got you. Th- so y- one thing, I think Amal, Amal's more he-, he knows the strip better than we do, but I think the Cosmo is kind of like a dressy place, right, with yeah. good-looking a- clientele. A- oh, I can't Absolutely. wear sweats? Absolutely
5: the bar area. What's that? I can't wear sweats? No. Sweats? You Shouldn't. T- you're going to stroll up to the table, and he's going to say, I'm sorry, I don't know this guy's security. Please call uh, get this person out of here. Come on. Have oh, you man. thought
3: about your fit?
5: Big guy? I was gonna go
3: sweatsuit.
5: I love no, no, sweatsuits. no. You
3: can't wear sweats to the co- Cosmo is on another level. Yeah. The clientele no, no, don't do. Don't no. do don't the do bartenders are good no. looking there. So They're this is gonna... he's doing. He's doing a bit. No. He's, doing, he's so annoying. He's no. doing a bit. So
8: will you, so you guys don't know this pain. This is only a fat guy thing. Um, if I wear, uh, if I wear a belt and I'm sitting for too long, my belly hangs over the belt. It digs in the under of the belly, and you have no the pain I will feel if I'm sitting for like four or five hours to stand up. It's going to hurt. I'm going to have to undo my belt. It's a whole Listen, thing. I'm doing tw- a bit. My butt crack will be. This is not a bit. My butt crack will hang out if I'm not wearing the belt. It's a dilemma.
3: I was really hoping to wear sweatpants. You proud of yourself, bro? That's a bit. That's real life. You need to dress up. You have. I. And, and that's another thing about it. the big guy. He actually likes to get dress up. He likes to put a nice outfit so, he fit on. He okay. likes to go out and sh- and peacock a little bit. Liar. How about this?
8: There's a team playing on Saturday that I'm going to watch. They are the team I gave out in the VEASAN betting guide. I have a Joe Flacco Ravens jersey. Am I allowed to wear that to the Cosmo?
5: Yeah, sure. Sure. If you want to stand
3: out, not in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you want to do your bit, which is now he's going to go the opposite way of dressing nicely because we've just said it. It's kind of you know just just go ahead do your thing. I'm just trying to help, and then you just spit in my face. You're gonna wear sweatpants to the Cosmo. you you have (laughs) gonna go to South Point? No, it's the Cosmo. (laughs) (laughs) You're not grabbing a hot dog and stop by (sighs) say hire Paroles, okay? You're 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 literally going to the one bougie spot. Yeah. Just stop it. I I get it, I get it. It's just but we're still watching football, right? It's It's not low def TVs hanging above the book, okay? It's like, hello. All right, I got some. <laughs> speaking of you, you're an idiot, and I am the bigger Knicks fan of the two of us. And you're from New York, and you're supposed to be a Knicks fan. I'm going to tell you something. I'm uh, brought Julius Randall up earlier. Uh, while I'll be on Randall's prop just because it's just my birthright, I actually like Kuzma over 21 and a half points today. All right, it, it, he first off. New York plays to its competition. We know that if you followed the Knicks this year, they just kind of up and down. So the one thing you're concerned about with a Washington Wizards game is, will they actually get minutes, right? Will you get minutes if you're playing Kuzma because they get blown out so often, but we just saw these two teams play on the six and Kuzma dropped 27 points, but he got up 21 shots. This is what he does. The Knicks give up a ton of shots to fours. Kuzma's going to get a ton of shots up today, and he's going to go over 21 and a half against the Knicks. Now, Dustin, I'm a Knicks expert, so I don't really need a reaction from you on that. I'm just telling you what to play here. I, look, you want to do that?
8: You do that. I'm going to ride with my guy. You ride with your guy. I'll ride with my guy. And my guy right now is Isaiah Hartenstein. Don't know if it's Steen. <laughs> don't know if it's Stein. Either way... 21 and a half points and rebounds against the Washington Wizards. Daniel Gafford's already out for them. He's in concussion protocol. When you look at the Wizards defensively, they can't defend centers. They already allow with him in the lineup. The most rebounds, second most points to opposing centers. Hartenstein right now is averaging 14.4 rebounds per game this month. Last time against Washington had 19 and 8. They're off a back-to-back. That could mean some rest for Randall. That could mean some rest for Brunson. I think Hartenstein over 21 and a half points and rebounds, plus a double double
3: at plus 125 on a little sprinkle. I like that play right there in the Mm -hmm. same game. For somebody that's always flexing about being Jewish, why do you not know how to pronounce his name? I don't think he's Jewish. He's German. We don't. We don't have (laughs) elite athletes like that, dude. That's a different level. I think it's hard to make it. And then saying Germany just made it really awkward. (laughs) Well, Well, I don't know if you know this, but
5: we used to live there. His his dad played in Europe and so he uh he was he attended uh, basketball he played basketball in Europe I should say.
3: Show's getting loopy. You know, I, I blame myself. I blame uh, me. By, by the way, right, I got well, a, is Anything? Yeah, Go I got ahead. a few
8: more. Well, I'm just going to give out a dead nut do loser. It. Well, no, because you no now you're saying that you think it's going to lose, it's going to win. So that's. Well, I'm how just saying the way
5: it's been yeah, running. Yeah. That's all yeah. I, I, <laughs> I Listen, I'm not trying to do your shtick there. I like tonight at home. I like Stanford. Line was two and a half in the opener. It's up to three at home against Washington State here. Uh, hopefully the bad coaching of Jared Haas and that team can overcome it.
3: But He's I like still Stanford the coach tonight. there?
9: Yeah.
5: Oh, my do You like God. the Cardinal tonight laying
3: it? I do. I do. All right. All right. Beautiful. What else, big guy? All right, so
8: what I like to do normally is I, I, I look for opportunities where there's injuries or players
3: out Oh, for I love reason. philosophy, Dustin. I love when he goes into philosophy well, I, mode.
8: I well, I will admit I'm not as good at the matchup stuff as I am at this, and that is we go hunting for where there's opportunities for more playing time. So Indiana and Sacramento, it's a late game. It's the end of the day, so you're going to have to wait on this one. But Bruce <laughs> Brown was traded. Siakam isn't there yet. Halliburton is out tonight. Well, that team likes to run it up. Who the heck's going to score? Two guys I'm looking at tonight. Jalen Smith over 18 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I think me and him are the same weight, by the way. Uh, Kings allow fourth most points to power forwards. Sixth most assists. I think he goes over that number. He played one game without Brown and Halliburton and had 21 PRA. And then the other one is Andrew Nemhart. over 11 and a half points. Same reasons as above. No Siakam, no Brown. Someone's got to score. He's going to play more point without Halliburton. 11 and a half is really low when you look at what he's done recently when he plays 24,
5: 25 plus minutes. By the way, real quick, one thing I want in the association right now, did you guys see the score of the Bucks-Cavs game last night? No, they got beat by about forty. With I know Giannis didn't play, but it's like, come on, man! Oh no, there's a prop. So we yeah. were, it, the league was really fun
8: during the playing tournament. Yep, it's reverted completely back the other of way course. with the blowouts every night. It's so
3: no, bad. You're right. You're right. It's it's a right now side in totals are a hazard. Yeah. The the play to be fair to Stern and whoever organized it, the playing tournament Silver. was awesome. Excuse me, <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Adam Silver, the hippie. They did a good job with that because that was full effort, and you could handicap, a prudently. Right? Yeah. The, at, least there was, at least you knew what you were capping. Now it's completely different. Well,
5: they, they need I, something like that every step of the way throughout the year to get us through because this is brutal right now. I, I think Silver helped destroy the league by not force if Stern were still in charge, and I was not a Stern fan, you'd have guys playing. The, the biggest challenge in betting the NBA every night is seeing who's in the lineup and who's not, who's opting out to, to take rest, what have you.
3: Jalen Smith, he a Terp, right? He a Terp? Yeah. Maryland? Jalen Smith? I don't Jaylen actually Smith? know. I'm pretty Jaylen sure. Jalen Smith went to Maryland? He wears yeah. glasses.
8: That's all I know.
3: Yes. Yeah, that's he Maryland. Went to, yeah, that's he Mar- yeah. Maryland. yeah. That's what they say. That's what they say there. They go, he a Terp. That pro- uh, I hate okay. that program. I hate that program. They're, they're fans You hate so- Maryland. Maryland is oh. the most benign program no. w-
8: walking the planet. No, lived around them for five years. Most obnoxious fan base in college. Don't
3: sports. have fans. Nobody cares. It's <laughs> it's work, benign. No. Maryland fans. I can't buy. Nobody's ever no. had an opinion about Maryland.
8: They're worse than Kentucky fans because they think they could be Kentucky, <laughs> and on their best day, they could never be Kentucky. You're kidding, right? No, th- uh, delusional. Absolute delusional fan base talking about Grievous Vasquez in my ear over and over again. Vasquez, he a terp. He was a baller. And Steve Blake in the the glory days. Blake
3: played like nine years in the association. There's no chance Velasquez is still in the league. No chance. No, no, no. Juan Dixon's not walking through that door. Juan (laughs) Juan Dixon, he a terp. Alex Len, uh, that I'm bo- tapped out. Bo- Boomer Esiason, he a turp? Freegen, Joe Smith, he a turp? Let's just keep naming turps for thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, but Stephon, again, no, I'm just yeah, going to c- Diggs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, he yeah, a turp? Uh, yeah. Uh the, the fast tight end, uh, he a turp? Yeah, Vernon 49ers. Davis Vernon Davis, Davis
5: he a turp? The late great, R.I.P. Len Davis. I mean Len well, Bias. Yes. Len Bias, and he a turp? <laughs> what
3: was? Sharp money. We'll see you tomorrow.